Hello, and welcome to this episode, uh, which is about Nazi Germany, and this time having a look again at the social aspects of Nazi Germany, the effect of living in this Nazi state on groups of people. We've already got an episode on who benefited from Nazi rule, looking at the economic impact. We've got an episode on the effect of Nazi social policies on women, now we're going to have a look at the effect of Nazi social policies on young people. And the reason I always find this one interesting, and the reason that you can use this one to talk about other topics, is that for me, I always find this very much like a microcosm of how the Nazis keep control. Because everybody always goes, why, why didn't people rise up against the Nazis? And as we've discussed in a lot of other things and in lessons, there's there's a number of reasons. On the one hand, there's fear and and violence. And on the other hand, there's perks and promises and incentives. And this is very much like it. Because the idea here is not just to keep control today or tomorrow. This is indoctrination. This is building the next 10 generations of your thousand-year Reich. And it really breaks into three bits, doesn't it? The education, the youth movements, and the use of propaganda. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a nice way of, of dividing it up. I mean, if, you, if you're thinking about um, exams, for example, and you've got an, a, an explain question, you could write a, a paragraph on education. Yeah. You could write a paragraph on, on youth organisations. Yes, easily. Very yeah. easily. Yeah. All right, so let's kick off with education then. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's have a little think. I've got a fantastic quote here. The idea that schools and universities were there to make young people swift as a greyhound, as tough as leather, and as hard as Krupp steel. Mm, whose quote's that? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one, though. <laughs> it's a good one. I have it written down. Yeah. Uh, it's in my notes. I genuinely can't remember where I got it from. Yeah. Um, but it, it sums it up nicely, though, because it's, it's about preparing kids for their future roles yeah um yeah tough as steel and the interesting thing i think is that it's very clear what those roles are mm. that there's a very different role for boys than there is for girls yeah the, the the whole curriculum is designed really to prepare boys and girls for their future roles so for boys it's really to become soldiers and for girls it's to fulfill that the three k's um, being a mother. So, for example, um, you could talk about with boys, PE, really, yeah. really important. And it wasn't the kind of PE that we know. It involved a lot of marching and boxing and, you know, things to toughen you up. And girls studied domestic skills, cooking, sewing, to prepare themselves for their roles. Uh, yeah, so the whole thing is designed specifically to, to indoctrinate and brainwash those children mm-hmm. so they know exactly what it is that they're going to do when they leave. It's interesting that um, the the PE, boxing was compulsory. Boxing was about the only thing that was very definitely compulsory, that physical violence, getting the kids to actually hit each other mm. and learn to take a punch. Uh, of course, the other there's a couple of other changes to the curriculum. Firstly, uh, academic subjects are downgraded to fit in all of this practical... Uh, training for your future roles they take out a lot of science a lot of maths Hmm. um, and they introduce a new subject don't they 
Yeah, we're talking about race studies here. Yeah? Eugenics. Yeah, eugenics, yeah. 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 So this idea, students had taught that the Aryan race was superior to all other races. They were taught how to recognise Aryan features, how to recognise the features of inferior subhumans, but also how to create a perfect race as well. You know, how to find your, your perfect partner, what kind of attributes you're looking for in that boy or that girl. It's worth remembering, for those of you that aren't familiar with it or have forgotten, eugenics is the idea of selective breeding. Mm. Now, selective breeding's been around forever. It's how you get dogs from wolves. You, you, you say you've got pigs and you want a pig that gives you more meat, you get the two fattest pigs, you breed the two fattest pigs, and then yeah. you breed the fat offspring of the two fattest pigs with the next fattest pig, and eventually, over generations, you get it. Works great with animals... Not so well with people. Yeah. It's, actually, whilst we're talking about this, I might as well point out, I get this question all the time. Um, you know, why did Hitler like people with blonde hair and blue eyes when he didn't have those features? Why did none of the Nazis? And the bottom line is, is that it was an ideal. It was something that they were going to work towards. You know, it was a thousand-year Reich. It wasn't supposed to happen overnight. It wasn't supposed to be there um, straight away. So that's why it's so important to have it in school. Because as you said earlier, this is the future of Nazi Germany, the people that they are brainwashing and indoctrinating. Um, and there's a long history of doing this of course to be to be fair what the nazis are doing here is they've taken a leaf out of the catholic church's book because the jesuits go around to various parts of the country and the, the world they set up churches and they're saying is literally you give me the child and i'll give you the man and they're doing exactly the same thing they yeah. start with the teachers yeah the teachers have to go to summer school to learn all the Nazi indoctrination and they have to join an association. Yes, the German Teachers League. You know, and if you don't yeah. join it, you're sacked. Obviously, there's no Jewish teachers are allowed as well. No, no. Um, it's, it's interesting as well. I just want to go back to you talking about the Catholic Church as well. Don't forget that the Nazis, and I'm getting a bit sidetracked, but the Nazis and the Catholic Church actually had a deal, didn't they, mm. to stay out of each other's curriculums. Yeah. That was part yeah. of the concordat with the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back, back to education anyway. Um, you talked about the other subjects as well. They really just become vehicles, don't they? Um, yeah. Vehicles to deliver Nazi propaganda yeah. to the students. All of the textbooks are rewritten. Mm. And they are rewritten in such a way. For example, you've been doing history long enough now to know. Imagine what the history textbooks say about World War One and the Treaty of Versailles. You, you, can, you can more or less yeah. write it yourself. You know it's going to be the stab in the back myth. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, you know, all subjects are used to push something that the Nazis view as being useful. Yeah. So, you know, it, it could even just be like in, in, in physics or some of the science lessons where boys learn about chemical reactions or they learn about velocity and the way that they'll illustrate that is through the military, mm. you know, trajectories of guns and so on, shells being fired. And in terms of the indoctrination, uh, pupils are actually encouraged to inform on teachers who aren't mm. delivering this Nazi propaganda. Any that aren't giving full-throated adherence to the party principles. Uh, but then there's the structural changes as well. There's different kinds of schools, isn't there? Yeah, so um, if you were somebody, I suppose you'd, you'd be singled out, you'd be picked out as a promising student... 
And you could be sent to a special school where you essentially were trained to become a future Nazi leader. So there were the National Political Educational Institutions, or the Napolers, and there were the Reichsführer schools as well. And, you know, this, these weren't open to everybody. This was the elite. But, um, yeah, the, the indoctrination carries on beyond your normal secondary education. And indeed, it, it carries on into university as well. Yeah. So here, here we have then the key educational changes by the Nazis. All teachers are indoctrinated and are trained to carry out the indoctrination of the students. The curriculum is changed to reflect their future roles. And the race theory is added as a discrete subject. And then there are schools which are designed to cream off Mm. the top high flyers to prepare them to be the future leaders. Yes. That's a nice, nice summary. Okay. And then, of course, we need to look at what happens outside of school as well. Because it's not just in school where this indoctrination happens. It carries on in their spare time as well. Mm. With youth organisations. Now, youth organisations have been around for quite a while by this point. We're talking about 1933. You've had the Boy Scouts, uh, 30, 40 years old Yeah. at this point. The Boys Brigade's been kicking around for a while. Yeah, and, uh, and some of the, the, the Nazis' political opponents had their own youth w- uh, wings as well. Yeah. So yeah. They, weren't, they weren't doing anything new when they no. founded the Hitler Youth Organisation. No. Um, so... We've got two different organisations here, uh, both under the same umbrella, and both, if memory serves correctly, on paper, part of the SA. Yeah, they, they are. They're, they're, I mean, if you look at the, the uniform, especially of the boys, I mean, it's, it is, it's an SA uniform, these yeah. brown shirts, and their, their, um, their motto, Blood and Honour, the swastika is on their emblem. Yes, they're, they're part of the SA. They are a, a children's paramilitary. oh marvellous alright so uh, you've got the Hitler Youth uh, which you join when you're six Mm. into the the basic sort of version which is like the Cub Scouts yeah there's different age groups Yeah, at 14 you join the full Hitler Youth organisation to start with this is uh, this is voluntary Mm. but by 1933 all other youth groups are banned. Mm-hmm. And by 1939, membership of the Hitler Youth was compulsory. And you've and got it, 90% membership. Yes, there was something like 8.8 million, I've written down, maybe 9 yeah. million members of the Hitler Youth. So it's a huge organisation. And you can see the value of this, because now not only can you reach them to indoctrinate them and train them for their future role in school, you can now also get them outside of school, on a weekend, on an evening. Yeah, several several times a week, after school, special weekend camps every month. Yeah. You know, and, and again, what we see in school, where boys are being prepared for their future role and girls mm-hmm. being prepared for theirs, it's exactly the same in the two youth organisations, the Hitler Youth and the League of German Maidens. In the Hitler Youth, you'd be camping, you'd be out working with live ammunition, firing guns, you'd be learning how to march and drill and do all these exciting things off in the mountains and getting fresh air. In the League of German Maidens, you'd be out camping and cooking and knitting. Yeah, preparing meals, how to care for babies. 
but they also, I mean, they, they did also do the, the, the marches and so on because being physically fit was also very, very important for girls. It wasn't just important for boys. One of the things that I always find interesting when I discuss this with my kids in the class is that they always say, but how did the parents feel about this? And my only yeah. response is, I'm a parent. I have two boys. And if somebody came to me and said, yeah, we're going to take him away for the weekend. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be out the front door with the bags packed sitting on the doorstep. Yeah. I mean, lot, lot, lots of parents were very proud that their children yeah. were parts of these organisations. But there's always two sides to a story. You know, th- mm. there, were, there were lots of parents as well who, I mean, don't forget, for young people, they didn't know anything different. No. For them, this is just normality. But yeah. for their parents who had lived through a democracy, albeit not a particularly successful one, <laughs> um, but they had, they knew what real genuine freedom was. Yeah. And, I mean, you say, oh, we're laughing about you'd be happy for your lads to go off for a camping trip. But then how happy would you be when they come back and say something that you find yeah. very unpalatable? Or you just yeah. think, well, that's an absolute load of rubbish. Where'd you hear? Where'd you hear that? Well, my yeah. Hitler youth leader told me. My teacher told me, and it ends up a lot of kids end up feeling quite alienated from their parents as a result of these. And that's not a bug. That's a feature. That's mm. what the system is designed to do. The system is designed, both educationally and with the youth groups, is designed to shift the loyalty of the children away from the family and towards the state, towards yeah. the race. And you do get some situations where there are children who inform on their parents. Yeah, well, I was I was just about to say that. You mentioned earlier about children informing on teachers who don't toe the party line. Well, they did it with their parents as well. And this it's this whole idea, I mean, we don't want to get too deep into it, but the idea of, of, of creating a loyalty which is stronger than the one to your parents, the loyalty yeah. to the state, that's all part of that Volksgemeinschaft, the national community, yeah. which yeah. incorporates that the... the policies towards women as well in fact all of their social policies because it's about creating this you know this unified german nation which is all singing from the same hymn sheet yeah and, and the children are the most important part of it definitely the, the children are the project of course it's telling i think that it, it tells you everything you need about the shift in nazi germany during the war years um, but also how successful this has been. By the time you're getting towards the end of the war, they are literally taking these Hitler youth groups, giving them knackered old World War One rifles and feeding them into the mincing machine of facing the Red Army that's sweeping across eastern Germany. Yeah. And these kids go and do it because that's what they've been trained to do. They don't even blink. It's like, this is my moment. This is... Yeah. And they go away. But it also shows that shift in in the Nazi mindset from we are building a thousand-year Reich to now it's got a damn wrong and we're going to burn down yeah. everything that they will just throw the lives of these children away. Yeah, I just wanted to add, you talked about these children who, who towards the, the end of the war, and they, they throw themselves wholeheartedly and they can do it. It just re- reminded me of, of the, the, the achievement booklets that they used to give the children yeah. at the Hitler Youth Camps. And each different age group would have had a different set of achievements that they could tick off. You know, the whole thing's based on competition and leadership yeah. and 
bettering the person next to you. And some of the things that, that young children were expected to do, I always find amazing. There was one, uh, um, they, they were expected to be able to navigate by the stars, mm. you know, and small children, how to put up and take down a, a six-man tent at speed. Yeah. And there's only one yeah. reason why they're learning how to do these things, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you can make a camp. You can get somewhere at night. You can make a camp, break yeah. camp, and go and attack somebody in the morning. Yeah. So there you go. You've got you've got the the two prongs there. You've got the Hitler Youth. You've got the League of German Maidens on that side, and then on the other side, you've got the educational movement, all designed. So what overall is the impact? Well. I've got a few things, and then if yep. I do mine, you you chip in yours. Yes. All right. So uh, the immediate impact that I I I'm aware of is that there is no opportunity for the genders to mix, hmm. and a lot of opportunities close down for girls. Their um, their horizons narrow quite significantly because the training and the opportunities have gone. Yeah, and there's also there's a little there's a strange little twist as well there because you're absolutely right, but the the hit the youth camps the league for German maidens gave those girls yeah. opportunities to do things yeah. that they weren't really expected to ever be able to do. Yeah, so it's a and little it's mix, a little strange little twist there. Yeah, and mix with people from other parts yeah. of Germany, other social classes that would never have done either. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say that during this period, the quality of academic education suffers quite significantly. Yeah, it's bit, I mean, especially universities, they, they weren't regarded as being particularly important at all, and, and attendance at universities dropped. Broadly massively. speaking, it is effective in building up youth loyalty, mm-hmm. with a couple of caveats. Firstly... Over time, as the children are getting older, the repetitive marching, the the very monotonous propaganda does start to wear a bit thin. And that feeds into the, the little bits of resistance by young people that we'll talk about in the next yeah. episode. Yeah. But broadly speaking, most, most young people, it, it works. It really does work. Yeah, uh, I agree. They're, they're, they're some of the most loyal Nazis are... Yeah are often the young because as i mentioned earlier they've they've known nothing else no and the other thing of course is that it's a vehicle for jewish exclusion and prejudice so jewish teachers are sacked very early on then the jewish children are routinely humiliated in school until they're finally uh, kicked out of all education in 1938. They're obviously not allowed to join the Hitler Youth, and there is a constant stream of anti-Semitic propaganda being fed through in these organisations. Yeah, and in and in their textbooks as well. I mean, I'd, I know that in in our classes we've we've shown the, the students pictures from textbooks, yeah. and and they are full of of awful stereotypes mm. of yeah, what the Nazis and- were trying to push. Um, yeah. on the kids of what they believed uh, the uh, Jewish people were like. Yeah. So, um, Anything else on the impact? No, I think you've covered it all there. I mean, it, my opinion is that it, it, it was successful, really. Yeah. Uh, so there you have it then. The main thing to take away is that the the Nazi policies towards young people 
were to prepare them for their future roles as soldiers or as mothers. It was done through education. It was done through the youth organisations. And it was done using perks, promises, incentives on the one hand, and obviously the overriding threats and fear on the other hand. Um, and that's pretty much all of it, I think. Yeah, I think, and and it, like we said on our other podcast to do with women, this is another one of those topics that yeah. can just be. It can come up in any of the yeah. question types. So yeah, again, definitely. it's 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 a nice easy one to remember. You can chunk it down into into sections into categories, each one becoming a paragraph or whatever it is, depending on what question it comes up, and and it's easy to know. It's easy to definitely. learn. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Good luck in your exams. Children, you're flick. You've got a textbook in front of you, haven't you? I just heard yeah. you flicking through the I've textbook. Got, hey, listen, I've got my notes. That's not notes. That's a it textbook. Is. That's it, a right. textbook. Okay, right. let, this let me get my camera on. Let me get this, my camera on. This is notes. That's a textbook. This is notes too. All right, it is. Yeah. <clears throat> Although I do have a revision guide. <laughs> <laughs>